Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Car Chat Podcast. And with me today, I have Jimmy Broadbent. Hello. Hey Sam, thanks for having me on. Appreciate yeah, welcome. It. Can you tell the audience a little sort of short summary, sort of who you are, what you do? I'll do my best. Um, I guess that the easiest way to uh, describe what I do is I'm a YouTuber. I make content on YouTube uh, around sim racing and racing. Um, a bit of real life karting in there as well, but a real driving. Hopefully, more of that this year as well. And I also am a commentator and presenter, so I commentate for uh, Gran Turismo in the FIA. Uh, GT Championships, and before this all started with um, the pandemic, I was all around the world. Now I'm, I'm in a, a basement somewhere or a shed, so <laughs> I like everybody else, I guess. I remember, I don't know how long ago it was now, but I've, I've I've sort of seen you on YouTube for a long time, making videos about games and stuff like that, and then I was playing Gran Turismo and I heard your voice, and I was <laughs> like, what the hell is going on here? My, my my brother said that. He said he was going through his PlayStation. He goes, I just can't escape. You just popped up. <laughs> <I'm> like, Sorry. <laughs> it's quite thrilled to hear those things. But, hey. Yeah. Okay. Can you, can we sort of go back to the, the beginnings-ish, I guess? Um, how, have you been a car guy forever? How did you get into, how did you get into all this? Oh, man. Okay. So we're going to go all the way back. You know, I mean, I, my, one of my earliest memories as a kid is watching, I believe it was Damon Hill because very, it was very, very blurry, of course, but watching um, uh, a Rothmans Williams go around the circuit. And I remember just being completely entranced by the Goodyear logo on the side of the tyre going around. <laughs> for some reason, I was like, oh, so, I thought that was amazing. I love that. So that that's what my whole basis for like in cars is on, is watching a wheel go around. Uh, um, but since then, I've been super into pretty much every form of motorsport, especially old school uh, touring cars. I used to watch a lot of that and my granddad as well. 
and uh, F1 through the ages. More recently, in the last, sort of, say recently, more like last six, seven years into endurance racing as well. And um, through all that, I thought, oh, I wish I could, I wish I could do this. And I was like, oh wait, yeah. I, I'm quite poor. <laughs> I can't, I can't go and do these things. So um, I bought a cheap steering wheel and did it online instead, and played uh, a game called R Factor, which is. Um, uh, quite an old simulator now, but that was really kind of really up there for the time. And then thought, well, I'll be, I'll maybe I should show my mates. Maybe they'll be interested in doing it too. So I recorded a couple of little videos. Uh, my first video is me driving around a circuit called Scuba in Japan in an A86 and doing an awful job of it. I look back at it, I'm like, what is that? Is he drunk? <laughs> like, <laughs> what's, what's going on there? And then just from there, I just I, I kept making videos. Um, I didn't really take it seriously until about 2016 or so um when i was unemployed due to some mental health problems so i thought well i might as well keep myself busy and do something so i just made those youtube videos and mm. somehow transformed into this <laughs> and here we are yeah as back then like when you started were you streaming or were you recording and uploading so I only ever recorded because back then I didn't have the internet to do streaming. Um, you have to have fairly decent internet to do that. And I had, I think, about 5% of what was required. <laughs> so um, so there, was, there was no chance whatsoever. But I started streaming a little bit at uni back in like 2014, around there. And I uh, got, got the bug for it. But then I sort of got a job and moved on, you know, and then... Um, of course, um, sort of had my, my, my problems in 2016. And then I thought, well, here I am again. <laughs> and yeah. then I went back to streaming. But mainly it all started just doing videos because that was easy to do. And was that using the, I guess, back then, were you on a PC or on your PlayStation or a mix of everything? Oh, it's always been on um, PC for anything video content creation-wise because uh, when you have a PC, um, you can just sort of go and find a program and download it and you can do stuff kind of for free. When, when it comes to like a console, you have to buy something called a capture card. Yeah. And that's usually like 200 quid. And when you're in between jobs, turning a quid's a lot of money and not really something you can uh, just splurge out on. So it's always PC stuff for me. Because I, I was looking into uh, streaming stuff recently and it seems to have come along quite a long way since I imagine definitely when you first started out with everyone having <laughs> like multiple computers. Um, I'm, I'm using a, a small capture card at the moment just to connect up my camera because that was an easy way mm. of doing it. But um, it seems like it's massively intensive on your computer to stream and game at the same time. It it can be, yeah. I mean, I've got this beast of a PC. I mean, I I was some. Well, I bought it about a year and a half ago, and back then it was like every every top end yeah. bit of kit I could have in there is in there. And even then, I you know I stream at a fairly I stream at fourteen forty p. I think it's like eight eight k, which isn't much in terms of bitrate but to be honest youtube can't take too much more anymore yeah. anyway and even then um even with the beef pc like it's like it can't take it entirely so ideally i would have two um but i haven't got the room for two pcs so <laughs> <laughs> one pc will do it but yeah you've got to have some pretty crazy machinery to do that and then i mean calling the capture card expensive after thinking what the pc is just seems like a bit of a, <laughs> yeah. a bit wrong <laughs> presumably your setup has evolved quite a lot since since the beginning days oh yeah i mean 100 percent. in fact i have a steering wheel just off camera this was on purpose just where it ended up and um this steering wheel right here is worth more than my entire setup was when i started (laughs) 
So it's got a bit crazy. I think it's fair to say this. Yeah, this, yeah. this back. This when this came out retailed at about I think eight fifty or nine hundred quid something like that. Um, it's a real life Momo room with like a really cool button box. I think it's got like carbon paddles and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's ASMR. Oh, it's nice! Gorgeous. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, it evolves, and um, it started off as a sort of a plastic wheel, a Logitech G twenty seven, and. Um, we called that the clacker because it just had this really weird clacking noise whenever you're going through a corner. And then as time went on, I got a sponsorship um, from a company called Hissingville. There you go. Just a little plug for them up there. Yeah. Um, they basically supplied me with pretty much an entire rig apart from a direct drive wheel, which I have in front of me here. Because when you have a rig like this running, this rig isn't made to run with anything apart from like the high end stuff. So you sort of find yourself in this weird situation, like, oh, my rig's so good. Oh, I can't get just a bad <laughs> wheel. You know, it's, it's a really weird situation. But, um, yeah, so for about two years, I've run a, two, three years, I've run a direct drive wheel now, and uh, you can't really go back. Yeah, well, that's, that was going to be one of my questions, because I'm slowly, I've been slowly over the years, I guess, like yourself, but in no professional capacity whatsoever, <laughs> have bought various wheels and have yeah, gone, yeah. I, remember, I can't remember what the first one was. It was had it for my PlayStation and it was awful. I remember it just being... Is it a Mad Cat's wheel? Awful. Yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah, it's like the, the, the square bottom on it and like the weird curve at the top. I, I think, used to have one of those. I think it did. Does that one have like a little joystick on it? I can't remember. Yeah, on, on, like on the side of it, yeah. like a little, little stick. And uh, I used, my one broke. I had mine when I was like five years old, six years old. It broke within a couple of weeks. <laughs> so I used to sit at the end of my bed and pretend it was a race car with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like evolved through the years into various things and had a bunch that broke it seems to be a consistent theme that wheels break yeah um, i had a I lot mean, of thrust master ones of varying types um now, nowadays they do okay you know that i've not had major reliability issues with a lot of wheels and despite what i'm saying about direct drive wheels being like oh amazing like you can some of the fastest guys in the world use the wheel you know the, the logitech wheels that i started with and they'll kick my ass any day of the week so um <laughs> You know, it's definitely gear doesn't make doesn't make talent. You know, okay. How how quick would you say you are versus other people? Any idea? Okay, so I think let's say on a ninety second lap, um, compared to esports guys in the same car and the same setup after a bit of practice, I'd say probably about a second a lap slower, maybe a bit more. Um, the esports guys are basically RF one drivers. Yeah, if that makes sense. They they are just insane but then again uh, my excuse is i've never ever spent i've never gone down one road i always just do everything yeah. so i'm sort of a jack of all trades master of none sort of thing <laughs> um but i i think i'm all right you know i'm, I'm not at a professional level and i never i never want to be because i ain't got that sort of time but it's um i like sort of where i am like as a like a, a i think a decently quick gentleman driver <laughs> nice nice, nice. <laughs> you've um and like like all decently quick gentlemen drivers you've actually done some quite you've, you've appeared in some quite big esports races yeah yeah i mean we've uh, just in the last year or so it's been kind of crazy i mean my, my i've been in the virtual grand prix for f1 which people would say to, it's probably the biggest esport event that's happened but my personal favorite uh, my and the win that i have i literally have a big um i can't really show you but i've got this big picture on my wall of it it's the one I took part in the um, 24 Hours of Le Mans Virtual. Oh, I remember and, this, yeah. Um, for the Marla team, the Aston Martin. And I drove with uh, Rob Wickens, um, Ferdinand Hasbergs, and Kevin Rotting, who's a 
esports driver. And um, although we didn't do very well, it was just amazing to be in that field and drive around yeah. and uh, sort of be part of that and speaking to the the real drivers about their experiences. That that was that was the best thing for me. But um, yeah, I mean, it got to the point where I had a, oh, I don't, don't it feels like a horrible to name drop, but I, 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 had a, I had an F1 driver slide into my DMs and say, "Hey, do you want to come and do a race with us?" Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all right. Like, <laughs> I'm there just. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay but um that was pretty mad so but yeah there, there was a lot of stuff that went on and you got quite stressful after a while you, you're getting pulled around a lot but um it was still a lot of fun to have the opportunity to take part in those races yeah and what's it like doing a, a 24 hour endurance race but <laughs> are they are those is that race set up differently to how you could just generally go out and do a 24 hour race on your playstation or computer I mean, usually a 24-hour race has quite a lot of demands like on equipment and um, sort of servers and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so, you know, we've done, I've done, I've, I've lost count of how many of those 24 hours I've done. I've yeah. done a lot of sort of six hours as well. And usually the only difference is you run with a team. You know, well, when, you, when you're driving on the uh, on the PlayStation, I don't think there's any sort of, um, functionality to actually run as a team yet. You okay, have to sort yeah. of like quit the server and then new drivers come on. It's it doesn't quite work properly. Mm. But so for example, you know, I um you can have uh, in iRacing, you just have your teammate come into the lobby. They jump basically into spectate your car, and as soon as they get out, you get into the pit lane. They have an option to drive. Oh, okay. And then what that does is, you know, the virtual mechanic just chucks you out, <laughs> puts the other guy in, and then away you go. So I think that's the only difference really. Yeah, yeah. Have you run into, because yeah, I imagine maintaining a stable internet connection for 24 hours, as much as that sounds simple, I imagine that isn't as simple. I've only had one dropout in the last, God, like four years, five years during a race. I've been very, very lucky. Um, so I, um, where I record and do all my videos, I have my own personal internet connection, my own mm. wired connection. Um, so it's only me using it. And so it doesn't really get that much, although I stream a lot and record a lot and upload a lot, it doesn't actually get that much use compared to like yeah. a, a normal house or a normal office. So I tend to get away with it, but not everyone has that luxury. We have a friend of ours who it sort of became a running joke that he would disconnect um, <laughs> because he just would every time. Obviously, we lose tons of time, so it's quite yeah. frustrating. But at the same time, you've got, to, you've got to laugh at it. And there was one race we did, it was a charity race where he was coming out the pit lane. And as soon as he exited the pit lane, internet work <laughs> and, and he never came back and i was like well he's gone <laughs> <laughs> what, so what happens in that scenario is is there a, a way of someone else jumping in the car or that's it like there I is i mean we were playing iRacing there and what happens there is you get a tow where like the the game sort of simulates you being towed back to okay. the pit lane and it takes like three or four minutes you lose a lot of time but it's better than being out of the race so and presumably in most of these you're not in the same room with your mates or teammates? No, I've I've never been um, in a room with any of my teammates during any of these races ever. In fact, I think we've never all been in the same room at one time. I've met them all individually over yeah. the years, but we've never all been together, ever, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. How do you communicate during those sorts of events? It's just like, what's well, so that? we. Yeah, we use like a ancient ass program now called Teamspeak. Discord sort of like is new and the the new version of that now, and it works a lot better, a lot more functionality. But we we we're just old old men, so yeah. we use our Teamspeak program, and uh, we just go in there, and it's great because you can um, it's uh, you can set it up so it's almost like real life. You can set your uh, 
your voice button to a button on your wheel, uh, okay. like a radio. You know, push the like, talk. Yeah, yeah. You press the button, shout at him, and then come back up again. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> do you get people? Do your team? Are your teammates like? Can they see your car data and stuff like that? Lap they can see. Is. Yeah, they can see like lap time. They can. I think they can see your steering inputs, but maybe maybe your throttle input as well and brake input. Um, and they can see your fuel and stuff like that. But we're actually quite limited. Um, iRacing is what we use for the majority of our um, endurance events. And there's a lot of data that you don't get back. Because in real life, you have you have a lot of data on alignment and um, if there's an error problem or stuff like that. You've got sensors all over the car. You don't really get that as much in iRacing. It's more just, is the car bought? You're always pointing that way. <laughs> yes, it is. You know, that, that's basically what you, what you have. You have to sort of guess. So there was a thing called phantom floor damage where sometimes you go over a curb the curb you've been taking fine for six hours and suddenly it didn't like it that time and you're you have floor damage that you can't repair and you're then like down in a straight line for the rest of the race so online racing has a bit of oddness to it a bit of weird stuff have yeah you, have you ever had teammates like not turn up for their stint then you can't like sorry i've got i've got, I've got a rooster by the way he loves racing so <laughs> I, know you were, I know you were talking about builders before but i've got a rooster <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he, whenever he hears him racing, there is he, he absolutely loves oh, it. So, perfect. Um, we, we, no, we've met people. Ter- people tend to turn up for their stints. Um, we have like a, we do stint sheets, like these massive spreadsheets, yeah. like with all uh, with all different um, sort of timing and fueling and how long we think each stint will take, how long we took for each pit stop. And you fill it out as you go through, and it's a really quite um, an intense, crazy thing. <laughs> <laughs> You see, I feel like this wouldn't be a proper a proper thing without the rooster because this is, this is how I wake up every morning at like six in the morning. It's brilliant. Nice. <laughs> is this a is this a common appearance on your streams? Um, n- more now. It doesn't it doesn't doesn't like the rain too much, you know. But ah. now 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 the sun's come out a bit. It's a bit more. He's a bit more vocal now. He's enjoying life again. And he's quite late. <laughs> it's like ten fifteen. <laughs> yeah. So, sometimes it'll be one in the morning. He'll be like, "Yo, I'm like, dude." Come on, man! Like it's one in the morning. <laughs> is there a a sim race that you'd be like? That is my. I absolutely want to get into that one, all time or not really. To be honest, it's quite accessible now. We have, we have so much stuff going on everywhere that I've done pretty much all the races I've always wanted to do. You know, nice. we we won we won them on. I I won the Indy Five Hundred, which was pretty cool. Um, I've never really cared about Daytona because it's just mm. a bit of a crapshoot. <laughs> in a, just basically, it's luck whoever wins that race um, in a sim. And yeah, I mean, maybe I'd like to do like a Monaco and win like a Monaco event because then I could say I've got triple crown of sim racing, right? Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. That would be nice. I'm not quite sure how that would ever happen and how I would count it. I, I, I could just go race some AI and beat them and go, yeah, Triple Brown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's on easy, thanks. <laughs> still, still lose somewhere. <laughs> I, I always see the like the Daytona stuff and yeah. I can't remember who it was. When was that? It was, you will know this way more than me. Was it last year? There was a Daytona 500 and someone punted some off from the pit lane. Oh, that was, um, that was Indy 500. Indy 500. Oh, yeah. It was Sorry, Lando yeah. Norris and Simon Pagano. And, uh, Simon Pagano, I should say. And, um, basically, I think what happened is there was like a free, free wide moment in the last few laps of the race. He thought that Lando caused a crash, which then took him out, which he didn't. And you look at the replay, he just didn't. And then he goes, right, okay, it's time to, 
it's time to murder. And he, and he just goes after him and takes him out. And it's like this massive world stage, two professional drivers. It, it, made like, it made news. It was like, what are you doing? Because the thing is, when we do these races, we take them seriously. You know, we, we take yeah. them like you can't just go ram people off a circuit. That's sort of the difference between the sim stuff and the, the arcade stuff where it's a bit more fun. Uh, base not to say this isn't fun but we have we have a saying that's fun is illegal in sim racing that yeah it wasn't it wasn't a good look and people still give him the business for it now like yeah i remember that and i it just reminded me of like i don't know playing gran turismo online and just <laughs> someone just steams in just, <laughs> that's it your race is over and you're like what what the hell you, it, Doing that in iRacing is spectacular. We do some, we do some fun events sometimes, and because of the damage we're doing now, where like the entire car just explodes when you hit someone. Oh, nice! But you also have to be careful because um, I have a I said direct drive rule here. If I've got my my thumbs in, which you really shouldn't have, but sometimes you do, and then someone hits you, and the wheel goes, which it it, it will take your wrist. I'm I'm fairly certain this could break my wrist if I <sighs> had it in the in the wrong the wrong spot. Okay, I was looking back at your videos, and I came across a video. And it was driving with 100% force feedback. <laughs> yeah, here's me being like, guys, be careful. And then I'm like, right, let's fucking do it. Oh, sorry. Just wait. <laughs> let's, let's turn it up. And it's just, you end up. Um, so what, it's, that's not really realistic, first of all. People will say, oh, is that realistic? Like, no. I mean, you, you've driven plenty of cars, Sam. I'm yeah. not sure you've driven a car where you've, it's tried to murder you anytime you turn the wheel. Um, but what I like to think, it, it's... Um, it's simulating is yeah. like if you had high aero in an indie car constantly that would be what it would feel like yeah. um so it's 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 proper workout and you sit there after thinking like what have i just done what my body is ruined because <laughs> was that on your current setup that was on my old wheel i think which was has that on a direct a, drive yeah it, it has a slightly higher peak than this one but um yeah i think the peak in that wheel was 28 newton meters of torque which is um, which, pretty intense. Which is a lot. Yeah, I mean, people think, oh, 28, and they think, think about, like, a car. Yeah, think about, like, um, I don't know. That's, that's like, yeah, that's like two MX-5s worth of torque, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it's enough to, again, I, I've, I've nearly had, a, I had a, nearly actually broke my wrist once where I was driving a game called Solo Corsa Competizione. There are these things sometimes in sim racing called landmines, where maybe the road isn't quite set up properly, okay. and and your car reacts extremely to it. So I was just chilling out, going down the straight. I was looking, at, I was looking at my chat because I was just sort of like on an outlap going down the back straight. Yeah. And I, I went off onto a curb, and there was a landmine there, and my car went flying up in the air, like, <laughs> and my wheel just went like that, and I, I was doing that, and it, it treated my wrist pretty bad. I had to stop the stream. I thought, like, okay, well, I'm, I'm done now. Like my wrist is. It's messed. That sounds, sounds pretty savage. Yeah, I've got the wrist of an eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, you must have quite beefy, beefy wrists and shoulders now playing with a lot of, a lot of racing with the direct drive wheel. Well, this is, this is the funny thing. I've recently been doing a bit of training for some racing coming up this season. And I sort of have um, a trainer helping me out. Yeah. He goes, okay, well, let, let, let's, let's see how you do with this exercise. And all the arm stuff, I crushed it. Anything related to arms and shoulders, I was really good. I said, really tiny legs. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, okay, well, we, you're okay up here, but we've got to sort the, route, sort the rest of you, you know. Yeah, I remember I went in ages ago. Actually, it was to go and try out someone's sort of pro-ish sim rig. Um, they did like a training session alongside it and all this sort of stuff. And I remember the first thing I 
sort of felt. So I got in the car and the wheel was set. The force feedback was set at like 300% of what the reality was for that car. <laughs> and immediately I was like, well, guys, I've driven this car in real life. And it feels, yeah. and you're literally trying to break my arms just coming out of the pits. But then we did one of those, went into their gym and they're like, oh, here's a precious, it's a pressure sensor, like weighted pedal. And you press it and you're like, I can't press that hard. You get in the real car and I didn't realize this was a thing. But when you press the brake, your body moves forwards. So you get the entire weight of your body that then goes through your leg. So it's not, mm. when everyone says like, oh, you know, you've got to be able to lift, bleh, I don't know, some stupid amount of kilos with one leg. It's, it's nowhere near that in real life. No, I, I, I guess not. I mean, we, we have, um, I say we, I'm not part of this company, but Schissingveld have a pretty beefy brake pedal themselves. Like, so I running, I used to run a set called the Ultimates and they were designed basically for F1 drivers, the mm. people who drive like prototypes and stuff like that. And um, that, that brake pedal was 130 kilos i think at, for, for for full yeah and you can't I've, I've tried it it's basically you just smash it yeah and, you, and then it's like ah and then off again like the, <laughs> so it's not comfy at all and you when you when you go for a walk afterwards you've got one leg bigger than the other but so i i only run like 30 or 40 kilos in this break because i mean what's the point there's no yeah there's no benefit in doing that long term other than you'll probably smash your knees up or something well, especially because like you have to change the yeah the way you make it stronger is by changing like the rubber and the um like the spaces in the back okay, of the yeah. on, on the pedal. So if you're like, oh, I fancy go rallying, and then you get to a corner and you're like, oh god, I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you, know, you try and do heel and toe, and your toes break. You know, like. So. <laughs> How have the um, yeah different bits of software? I guess this is one thing, and then a gear changed because I think everyone at home who's not got a set of, of, of various levels is always wonders what's the difference between the levels and what what you could sort of expect back from each level yeah i think that well i tend to think of like you know sort of high-end medium and low-end sort of thing and low, low-end wheels i said like maybe like a t150 or like a sort of a logitech or the logitech sort of like in the line between sort of low and medium nowadays but um those those are sort of gear driven wheels and you can tell that by the way they they react so um you know when you're in a car the steering is quite smooth and there's not really any notches or anything in these logitech wheels it's like a when you're you're driving so you can sort of hear the differences and you can feel that when you're driving um but that does also mean you have almost like a dead zone in some spots like in between the cogs so to speak right then you have like belt driven wheels and they are a lot smoother because there's no cog there at all um and they that's like your your t500 to t300s um some fanatec wheels are belt driven as well you know the um all the ones before the podium were all belt driven and they they could be a bit stronger as well and that they'd, they'd be made better a bit more expensive you know fanatec wheels were like 800 quid back then and that's a, that this is before sim racing sort of had its its boom yeah. so 800 quid for a bit of equipment you think, oh no screw that <laughs> and you have your direct drive ones which are very much uh the you know the intense nerd wheel or um you're a professional driver i'm unfortunately the <laughs> the former <laughs> and they're both and, both now <laughs> professional um but yeah um so this this is the wheel the reason why you go for this sort of wheel is mainly response time over strength it's how quick it can give you that um the feeling of the wheel and how kind of smoothly it delivers it so 
Uh, and and that's when, you know, once the Fanatec wheel was 800 quid, that was like 800 quid including the pedals. Mm. This on its own, this wheel is a Simicube 2 Pro. I think it retails at 1,200 euro. Yeah. Um, and that's with like, that's without, this is the quick release that doesn't come with it. So you don't even get a There's wheel, no wheel with that? No, nothing. No, you just get literally this block of murder, <laughs> I would call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's all you get. And um, some some companies also make you pay extra for an emergency stop, which I think is terrible. I think they should all have emergency stops as they come. Yeah, because um, you'd think that's like basic safety, I guess. Well, here's a terrifying bit. They say, we recommend you put it down by your legs in case you mangle your arms so you can hit it with your heel. I'm like, all right. Like, like, luckily, that's still working for now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a direct drive wheel, because I've, okay, I have a Fanatec Club Sport something yeah, yeah, okay. at the moment. Um, and that's, that's belt driven. And that can only turn a certain number of ways or it can only go so far. And then it like, yeah, yeah, lock yeah. stops. With, um, with a direct drive wheel, do they do the same or can they keep spinning? They'll just go infinitely. So if no, you had so long hair, you wouldn't want to get too close to your wheel. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a genuine thing, actually. Or oh, one of my favourite videos, I shouldn't laugh because it's not very nice. So someone, someone had a wheel uh, like this. So, you know, it's quite... Oh, hello. Webcam's kind of focus. I'm still here. Hello. <laughs> um, so like this. So it's got these nice nice big edges on, right? Yeah. Um, and it was someone's girlfriend got in the rig and was like looking at the... Oh, oh man, it's pretty cool. And then it calibrated. So we're poof, like that and smashed her, and she had like she had, like blood running down her face, and I was like, "Oh my god!" But um, yeah, I mean, it can go infinitely, um, but what you you can set it in the software to have bump stops. So you sort of set a center index point. So here is you no, know, here is zero, mm. and at five forty that way and five forty that way, I want it to hit a, hit a stop. Yeah, and then it does that, and the motor goes okay, and just whenever you get to that point, so you don't bounce over it. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. That in itself, I guess, starts to lead on to a question I had about it because I've, up until, yeah, still, have just played on consoles and, like, mm. my pedals have got more slightly more expensive and the wheels got more slightly more expensive. But I'm in the middle of putting together a PC setup. I'm missing the PC, which is a key, a key <laughs> But But that is, that is on order and that is the next step. But the level of, like, how easy is it to set these things up because up until that point, this point, before the, I've moved to PC, and I imagine it's relatively similar, you just plug in and you play. But does okay. there get to a point where it gets more complicated than that? Well, first of all, I want to preface this by saying that I'm the world's most incompetent man. So, <laughs> um, But even so, I managed to set up this entire rig and all that. When I put this rig together for the first time, to get it starting it took me nine hours because i was i was just i did one of those things where you read the instruction go, okay and then you miss a page and you go back and you're like oh i've got to do it all again i did that, I did that like three times like <laughs> nine, I, I it was so bad um the thing i would say that it's not quite as easy as plug and play um a lot of these things have software that run them you know for example this wheel has a dedicated thing called i think it's called true drive or something like that and you can go in there, and there's like 50 sliders to play with. Um, luckily, they give you some presets because I've got no idea what I'm yeah. doing, you know. Um, but otherwise, um, and, and say plug and play, this thing has three wires coming out the back of it. One of it to connect to the PC and two for the two power sources it needs. <laughs> I, I actually ran it once with um, without the second power source by mistake. And I turned into a corner, hit the curb, and the power went through. And then went, actually, no, I'm off now. And I went, and then just went <laughs> flying off to the side because the wheel turned off, which is good. Um, pedals, also as well, like you can do a lot of tuning. 
Um, so I've spent probably the best part of three or four hours just messing around with the pedals, like all the angles and getting mm. it right. Because um, if uh, if Nils was here right now, Nils is the boss of Schissingveld, but it's over there. Um, he um, he is a massive nerd when it comes to like pedal angles and how everything should be and travel. He sent because we're, we're building uh, another rig for racing this year, kind of away from here, and he sent me diagrams of how it should be set up and specific angles. And I'm like, okay, I ain't going to do that. I'm going to give it to someone who <laughs> actually can <laughs> do this properly. But um, and even when you've done that, you have the software, so you can dictate like the curves of okay. how the throttle and brake comes in. So, for example, for my throttle, I actually have quite a lazy response at first, and then it picks up at the end. Brake is the complete opposite. That makes that makes sense. Because it also, well, with crappy pedals, it takes some time <laughs> to work out whether you've pressed them or not, and you have no idea. But then, I guess, as, as it goes up, um, do your pedals have feedback? They don't know, but they're all load cells. Um so every pedal is a load cell. And what that means is it helps you sort of build the muscle memory a little bit better. So you sort of know, um, I found with the pedals that aren't, that you just sort of, they sort of flop. And you go, yeah. okay, I'm here somewhere. You don't really know where they are. And also put into that, a lot of pedal bases flex slightly. Yes. So if you're braking hard or even braking a little bit and the, the, the plate starts to flex behind it, then you aren't actually getting the proper force. You're getting less than that. Um, so... So you'd think by knowing all this, I'd be pretty good at racing, wouldn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to carry over. Um, But yeah, this is is why. And if you're really serious about like being quick at sim racing, that I would always recommend getting something like this, like an 80-20 rig that is just made out of metal. And it does not flex. Your bones will flex before this does. Um, which I think they probably have in the past. So. <laughs> that is that, that is one of the things I've looked at, and um, I think I've ordered. Poss- it might be the same one you have. Um, P1X from. Oh no, I, I, I have. A, I've, I'm always just involved, baby. I'm I'm uh, I'm taken. I'm spoken ah, for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I remember like looking at it and going, okay, well, if I'm going to mm. build one, I want it to be solid. Like, it, it needs to be solid because I've even just messing around previously. You've done that thing exactly where you press the brake pedal and then like stuff bends. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that that is important and that applies to any rigs. I mean, even if you're out there rocking Logitech wheels, then I think it's always worth trying to put it in a place where there's going to be no movement mm. because by default, those, those things clamp to desks. And like, I don't know about you, but I tend to grip the wheel fairly hard when I'm trying to get it into a corner. Like, oh, wait, I'm moving <laughs> down the desk now, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think it's always good to harden out stuff if you can. Yeah, and then you end up because I, I was looking at what I need to buy, and I haven't haven't bought one yet because I ended up with a. Um, we don't ship to anywhere other than the EU. I was like, oh, <laughs> touche. <laughs> Thanks. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> but yeah, you need to buy a, a racing seat or a seat, and I, and you're looking and you're like, I just want a seat that sits, and then like, no, you basically have to buy a racing seat. What's that about? Yeah, that, that's that's what happened with mine. I remember my emails back in like 2017 now being like do i need a ra-? i mean i've had this seat for like those you can tell this is a well-worn seat this thing but it's it's it's, it's a i say cheap it's 150 quid which is still a lot to yeah. spend on the seat like, you have to use it cause that's what it's made for it's, it's made to use the um the bolt ins on the side the side uh side mounts so um for the the praga rig that we made we had to we've had to get a tillet tillet seat another sort of really tiny um, like the screamer ones they're called yeah, no, yeah. 600 quid Ooh. we have to like because we have to get the seating position right otherwise there's no point you know and 
it's one of those things where you can sort of justify it because it's going to be content and it's going to be cool, but at the same time, it's like that's a lot of money for a feckin' seat. I could buy so much of that money. Like, why am I buying a indoors. seat? <laughs> I know. Like, it's it's nicer than the seat in my blooming time attack car, which is really frustrating to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, guys, when, when we're not racing in this, can I just? I, I, I am car? actually going to think about because they're, they're the same seat, but for some for some reason they sent me a carbon fiber one. I didn't order a carbon fiber yeah. one because why would I do that? Yeah. Sit still, you know. But they sent me one, so I'm going to do a little cheeky swap, I think, and put that one in my my car. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I'm sure no one will notice. It will be fine. <laughs> um, so okay, yeah, let's let's talk about that. Talk about that. So you are going to be racing a Praga. Yeah, yeah, racing. I've got, I've got yeah, two things this year. I've got the, the Praga, which is going to be uh, my sort of actual first steps into proper organised racing, which is, um, well, I said that. I did, I did Club 100, which is run very well, but, you know, it's, it's sort of rental karting versus What's Club racing, a, a racing car. Um, Club 100 is an awesome karting series here in the UK um, where basically you have detuned road tax carts, and um, it's super competitive because it's basically you turn up, you pay your money, you haven't got to do anything, mm. and you go out and race carts for you know half an hour, an hour. And um, the level's actually really quite high. Um, you know, I went in expecting to sort of walk it because a <laughs> sim racer, <laughs> and that that was my first mistake, thinking that I, I, that that translated into karting because karting's very different from anything else. And it took me until my second season um, to get on the podium and. Then uh, even now, like I think I had a race, one of my last races, I probably should have won, but I made a mistake and got a penalty. And I was like, yeah, okay, great, good progress. And then it all stopped. So, um, but yeah, that was that was really good to learn racing. Yeah, because you in karting, I'm not sure how much karting you've done, Sam, but you learn that people don't aren't very nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like sim racing where everyone's a gentleman, like well, most people are, but like not so much. <laughs> in that's, karting. that's quite a funny comparison because sim racing, I think a lot of people's experience of, I would say, arcadey sim racing is yeah. absolutely the opposite. Like you just punt into everyone. And oh everything. yeah. Well, I think like in in normal sim racing, um, everyone's very aware of like how easy it is to crash because like, you have the added um, sort of risk of net code where like the computer goes, oh, you, we thought you were there, so you got bashed off the circuit. <laughs> that happens quite a lot. Everyone sort of gives each other that extra you know, couple of inches or inch or so, you know? Yeah. In karting, like, no, they're, they're, they're on you. They're, well, they're, you know, they're on your guard. You know, they're smashing you. Through. And it took me a long time to get up that courage to be like that in yeah. the kart because... Um, you know, there are a couple of times where you're lapping people and you're being too nice and you're like, I'm losing time here. Well, you know what? This is my corner now. And, you know, you, you know the, the old-fashioned block pass, you know, where, like, I'm coming through it's and you're, you're both slowing down. Yeah. Um, but that took, that took a while to work up to that after doing sim racing for so long. Yeah, I definitely... I've, I've not done much karting and I've done every now and then I'll go with some mates and have a race or whatever. Um, but, like, not... I think I've probably been six times in total or something. And yeah, at the beginning, you're a little bit scared of like what's going on. And then by the end, it's just like, you very much just like, I'm coming through. I don't like, <laughs> I'm not going to punch you off. I will try not to punch you off, but like you need to acknowledge that I'm coming through. <laughs> you have that a couple of times. Like, I think the idea is you put your car up the inside and then from there on, it's their problem. That's basically <laughs> it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't go through me. So that's your problem. <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I am looking forward to it though because it's going to be it's a massive challenge. It's going to be probably one of the biggest challenges I've faced in my life in terms of getting ready for it. And uh, 
So I know I've been doing a lot of training physically, which has been odd because I'm used to being, you know, the stereotypical nerd, really. Um, but getting fitter as well, um, starting some neck training as well because these things actually pull some G in the corner. Yeah. Have you, um, so, and you haven't driven... Have you done anything with downforce or anything remotely that quick? Um, I drove a Radical. Yeah, uh, which one? It was an SR1, okay. I think it was. Yeah. Um, but that was in the wet at Brands Hatch. Mm. So, uh, and I also spun it. That, was quite, all that. that must have been quite fun. It was fun. Um, and scary. The thing, well, the thing is, because I, <laughs> I spun at T1, I went over the crest in the wet and braked and the rear snapped. Yeah. So I was doing like 90 mile an hour when the, when the spin happened. And like, all I was thinking is, oh, my wallet, my wallet, yeah. my wallet, because I was going flying towards this wall. Um, but luckily the gravel sort of saved us, and that was good. But um, after that, I was a bit more careful, But as you can probably imagine. But it, I, it got a bit dry. I started to heat up a bit, and I started to feel the start of of a little bit of like what I thought downforce was anyway. And then the day was over. Yeah. The thing is, like um, the, the idea was to do a ton of testing um, sort of end of last year, but... Here we are. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sort of going in quite, quite new, but I'm 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 ready. No, it will be it'll be wicked. Funnily enough, I have crashed a radical SR1. It was my car <laughs> at turn one oh, no. at Brands. Um, oh, no. This was a brake bias issue. Essentially, the car was built like crap, and it was impossible to get the brake bias anything other than rear like heavily rear bias okay so i just like so just dab the brakes as you go over there's like a little bump there's like a hump right. just before the yeah, corner yeah. i'm just over that and i just like touch the brakes and that's it it's like pulling the handbrake and i just span into the inside of the corner that's exactly what happened to me but i missed the outside i missed the inside and went just off oh nice the nice because so I, I was like lucky. 60 70 into the wall <laughs> backwards <laughs> it was savage <laughs> yeah that's a lot worse um but the, the thing is, we look back at the footage, and I was like, Jimmy, the problem is, right, is that on lap three in the car, you tried to outbreak the pro drive. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. But I was like, oh, sorry, you know, because um, the, the, the problem is that people go with a, a certain expectation of you. Yeah. When you say, oh, you have to, because I don't think, oh, you'll be good because you've done sim racing. or So you go in with that expectation of yourself. And then when you don't fulfill it, you try and fulfill it, and then you do something stupid. Yeah, but, and I imagine um, with those sorts of yeah. things, like you've done a lot of laps of that track in the sim world, possibly mm. in a similar car, possibly in the same car. So you, and they're reasonably close in terms of like the breaking points in each car and all that sort of stuff. So you will have an idea. You'll be like, no, I need to be braking at this point because I know this is what this car can probably do. You do think that, but then in the sim, there's very rarely wet weather. Oh yeah, that's that's a so you get to, huge. That's something that I I had to learn from scratch in in karting was the wet weather. Luckily, I had a really good uh, had a good teammate, a guy called Steve Brown. He does uh, it's called Super GT on um oh yeah come across him on YouTube. Yeah, he's a, he's he's very talented in the car, and um, he sort of taught me like you see that shiny bit where you know the dry line was. <laughs> leave that bit alone you know and but it's not even that it's not as it's not as sort of cut and dry as that it's like different surfaces have different levels of grip you know so you sort of have to find out every, every bit of every corner every bit of circuit you have to go and just scope out which has that grip on it and yeah. when you find that little bit of grip your lap time goes oh there's, there's another half a second gone you know and it's, it's, it's quite addicting when you're not in the wall <laughs> <But>. <laughs> i think my first time in the wet on a track was 
one of the most terrifying things I think I've done in a car. Because you just, up yeah. until that point, you, all you've got experience of is the dry. And then you translate that directly into driving what is the dry line, not the wet line, in the wet. And it's like Ooh. straight up ice. It's like, it, it couldn't be more like ice. And you just suddenly like, but this track, I'm just driving down it. And suddenly my car's going sideways. You're like, I don't understand what's going on. In 2019, I went over to Assen for three days of driving in a, um, in a one series. Mm. Um, the one with the, the straight six in it. So it sounded nice. I went pretty quick, yeah. which is nice. And um, two days were in the dry and it kind of went pretty well. And then one day I was in the wet. And it was again odd to sort of move those and translate those things. But you know, I, I, I was I was quickest by about five seconds. So, oh, it's, it's all right. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I can't resist to drop that one in there. But I, the thing is, I had ABS and the guys didn't. <laughs> so that's why I was like five seconds quicker. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to get used to when you it's your first time in. I remember going out in that session when it was wet and just being terrified. Yeah. Like, I'm going to die. I'm going to crash. I'm going to spin. And then you do two laps. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I kind of get it. Yeah. And once someone's explained why it's so sketchy, where it's so sketchy, then you can start mm. building that like mental map of how you might starting to attack it and where it might be slippy. Yeah, I think that's what people like. My the mistake I made is I went out thinking there is no grip. I'm going to slide up everywhere. Mm. But there is grip. There's quite a bit of grip. You've got to just go and find it. And that's sort of the challenging, the challenging part of it. But. Yeah, and even when you do have a slip, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, and that's something that sim racing has definitely, like, I definitely picked from sim racing, is how to react. Mm. Like, the, the reaction time, the automatic reaction to move it. Because I saw a couple of people have spins, and they just don't, they, they freeze up and just hit the brake pedal. <laughs> yeah. And then, you, then, obviously, you just go off, that's it. Still um, still turning into the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and they, they just sort of, like, move at, like, a lateral angle towards the barrier, which is... But um, I find that, like, because of sim racing, I sort of know, right, okay bit less in the throttle try and recover it and then try and come back on again um because mashing the brakes the worst thing you can do in that situation but um that's something I, I wouldn't have learned otherwise as well as heel and toe actually i learned to heel and toe in sim racing i never did it in a real car and then i went to a track and raced that bmw around and i was doing it on the first lap like it was it was easy i feel find heel and toe on a sim setup unbelievably hard and i imagine this depends on your setup and how it's all done versus in real life you got mechanical feedback in real life, don't, don't you? Yeah. So you know, when you get it wrong, you get a big, like, <laughs> screw you from the... Oops, sorry. <laughs> and a bill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, there are actually mods they have in sim racing as well to... They called it the grinding transmission mod. But basically, you did it, and you hear... And the car wouldn't go into gear. Okay. Because some people, what they would do is they just tap the clutch a tiny bit, and then, like, they... People try and game sim racing a lot to go faster. But, you know, if you're doing it properly, you know, it's clutch, all, you know, clutch to the, the point of engagement then do your shift and get it through so that that sort of kept people in check and um yeah that's sort of how i learned to do it it's just, but i it's just the rhythm the rhythm mm. was the thing you had to learn i think once you get the rhythm down i think you're okay yeah 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 no that's impressive that that, that was seemed so obviously you've done the hours and all of the like a reaction i imagine the first time you you probably had that before you, you've been on track before but like the first time you catch something and keep your foot in it and off you go you're like Oh whoa! This is, this I thought I thought I was a hero. I was like, oh, what, what have I done? Oh, did anyone see that? Wow! In reality, it's just this little yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this little tiny slide. But um, yeah, they, they that happened quite a few times in the in that 
that bimmer at Aston because it was just wet, so you could do these, these big old drifts, these big old slides. Mm. And I thought, oh, yeah, I must look really cool right now. And then you see the lap times go down. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll stop that then. But it's, um, yeah, it's it kind of, um, it's nice. It lends some credibility to, you know, all this, all this racing. I, I wouldn't say that sim racing fully prepares you for the real world. I mean, I'd say that the best analogy that I've heard someone come up with is that it's like you know the song, right? You know, you know the rhythm of a song, but you don't know the lyrics. That's sort of what it's like going to real life racing from sim. You sort of know what you should be doing and how it goes, but you don't know all the intricacies. Yeah. And those are the things you have to. You need experience and time to learn. You can't get that from a sim. With this, uh, so with this Praga, what 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 is the car you are racing, and how much are you going to be racing it? It's a, it's a Praga R one, um, a little baby prototype is how I tend to describe it. Um, Two liter turbo. Uh, I think it's a Formula Renault engine, not used to be it at some point. Um, and on the highest map, I think it runs about 380 horsepower, um, and which is quite a lot anyway. But then when you consider it weighs under 700 kilos without a driver in it, this is really quite fast. <laughs> yes, yeah, no. I, I remember when I was on the phone, he was sort of talking to me, talking to me about it. Um, a fellow named Mark, who's running the program, and I was just like, mm-hmm, yep, yeah, okay, yep. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a like an LMP3 car or something, you know. Um, uh, you know, it combined with that, it has uh, quite a lot of aero as well. I think they had a completely redesigned aero for this year. Quite driver-friendly, central driving position as well. Oh, so it fun. really is a little little prototype, you know. That'll be sick. Do you know what sort of lap time it should do around, I don't know, Silverstone or somewhere like that? Just under um, two? I, did, I know Donington National, because I've, I've been sort of researching that a lot and doing it in sim. And we reckon about a 106 um or 105 around there and that's without the without the loop and what does that um, compare to other stuff i don't, I don't really know Donald's um right. about i think roughly the same as a gt3 car um it's like it, it, it depends on the circuit yeah. well, the the praga will stru- struggle a bit on, on the straights um but in the corners it will walk all over anything so like brands indie stuff like that is where i think it'd be quite strong yeah um, and then if you do those sections have you so have you have you have you driven this car yet no. Oh, okay. This exactly. will be, this will be yeah. awesome. So, I mean, the, the the idea is that basically this month and everything running up is I'm going to be like doing the full program in this time. Yeah. So, um, but what, what we've been doing to prepare is just we have our own built version of the car in sim, and we've been just every day I'm on that trying to get just some sort of bit of information. Yeah. What um what software are you running with that? So we're using a, a sim called Automobilista. Okay, I've heard of that. Um, which is, you might think, oh, that's a bit of a left-field thing, but it's one of the more adjustable sims. And it actually is one of... If you have someone who knows what they're doing, tweaking the back mm. end of it, it's probably the, one of the closest things you can get to actually feeling what a car would feel like in terms of steering force and stuff like that because um, we have this direct drive wheel. So it's, it's good. Um, I'll have to... I have to show you a clip of it sometime, but it's 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 getting very close to sort of how it is. Like I, we watched an onboard lap, and we sort of compared our lap, and the way the car moves in the high speed sections is the same okay. as the onboard lap. So that that will be a very interesting, I imagine, for you the first time you go somewhere that's got some high speed stuff, like whether it's yeah brands like full <laughs> GP circuit. That's a great one. That I can't remember what the corner is called, maybe Hawthorns or something. Which yeah, will the, be the fast right at the end of the yeah. Street. It'll be like a yeah, that'd be fifth. Mad. 
probably. I don't. I, I don't think we go to the GP on the um, on our calendar. We go to Indy. Do you do so? We go to Silverstone. Yeah, we do Silverstone. So okay. Magnus and Beckett. Magnus Beckett. Be fun. Will... Cops. Yeah. T one, whatever that's called nowadays. I don't know. T one, oh, I imagine, is probably flat. I think it's like a, or a slight small lift. lift. Or something. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's something like Depending that. On weather. The one I'm the one I'm most scared of is the Corona curves because it's um it's like just flat and you're turning oh, left. That's gonna be interesting. <laughs> so like you know you know you know when you get to that point where you have that little bit of slip going into a corner. So instead of like you're instead of turning, you sort of you're turning the other way before you get to the corner because the car's yeah. doing that. So I'm oh I'm that's the bit I'm nervous for. But the thing is when you see it and you see it on board, you go, Oh god, how am I gonna do that? But then when you get into the car, you get all that information plumbed into your body, you know, oh, for actually 100%. sitting in the car. I think it will make a lot more sense. If your sim is really damn close, you'll basically be there. It's just going to be the mental component, which will be huge. The first time you... It is, yeah. Obviously, it's a, you step up. <laughs> that was the thing, I think, that got me the first time. Um, the first time I drove my SR3 at Silverstone. What's that corner past the second set of pits? It's like a blind fast right oh that's 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 cops yeah cops old t1 yeah 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 yeah. that although there is tons of runoff in a in a three and i imagine it will be similar although no because you've got more horsepower so you might be you might have to slow down but in in an sr3 you turn in under power but you can't see around the corner and then you lift halfway around and depending on how much grip and whatever and i think i was driving around going through that corner maybe 15 20 miles an hour slower and then the, the yeah. my instructor went out and was like well this is what you can do and i was like okay but i'm not he was like but don't my brain <laughs> but don't, <laughs> yeah. don't don't just go okay well i know it can do it so i'm gonna do it 20 miles an hour faster because maybe it can't on that day maybe your line's slightly yeah. wrong maybe your inputs have been slightly you know all of that sort of stuff but yeah, you just slowly build up and psychologically it's you have to swallow some brave pills the first time you nudge it up that extra couple of miles an hour but it's an awesome yeah, feeling it's kind of the thing isn't it it's kind of the thing is that you have to it's i i hate this phrase so much because people say it to me all the time I'm like yeah i know but it's like, oh there's no reset button in real life that's not that's not the, that's not the favorite <laughs> phrase of anyone who doesn't like sim racing i'm like yeah i oh is there not oh i did not know that thank you for letting me know um so but I'm, of course, very aware of that fact that if I go out there and I spin and put this thing into a wall, mm. it's not just like I can go get another one. It's like that is, you know, what, what's this car worth? Like 150 grand, something yeah. like that. You know, and I, I'm thinking like, oh, and that's there when you're driving. It's like, it's a lot of money, Jimmy. Like, Shut up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and, and you, you have to, 
to sort of push it out of your head a little bit. But that's but when you're driving these downforce things, it's just you know it's it's kind of like that, and you have to make sure you're so precise into the corner. We used to do a ton of racing uh, in iRacing racing in, uh, in the Audi R18 LMP1. That yeah. was our car we drove for like two or three years. Exact same thing in that. Yeah, you know, you're it's just right. Turn in and hope the car does the thing you think it should do. But of course, without the the voice yeah. in the back of your head, which means turning in is quite a lot easier, actually. You know, um, the price thing might be there, and it will be there. But in the heat of battle, I think it will probably go out. You'll be aware of it when you're near other cars, like really near yeah, other yeah, cars. Yeah. But I think the major one will be you want to save your ass. <laughs> like if yeah. you're going to one of those really high speed corners, let's say Brand, if you. Yeah, I know you're not going to Brands, but Brands, Hawthorne's that corner. You've got like five, six meters of runoff, and you're going 130 Dude. miles an hour. So like, Big wall there. you're aware that okay, the car might be damaged, but I might be really damaged if I hit that solid object. I never thought of that. Like when I've um, done any track time at all, I've never ever thought of like this is like oh man, this is it. You know, this is going to hurt. Apart from afterwards. Because you know, it, it happens uh, on my first ever race in Club 100, I got there's a circuit called Lid here in the UK, and I got just pushed off. Like, I was just trying to get round, I was, I was new, I was trying to like understand what's going on, and I was on the outside line. This guy just comes in and goes, pushes me off, yeah. like, there's no, re- no reason to do it at all. And before I knew it, I was like in the tires, like, ow, like, why, you know, and then that, that was uh. That was interesting. Also, funny to that that I was trying to record my voice with my phone, so I had that my phone in my suit, okay, yeah. but I didn't have I didn't I didn't have my my suit was sort of open like that, and in the crash, my phone got ejected, um, and I was like, "Where's it gone?" And the marshal said, "Is this yours?" and gave me about my cracked phone a bit earlier, <laughs> later on. I'm like, "Thank you." Yeah, You're fine. not meant Sorry. to carry that around. <laughs> we don't tell anyone. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I think I I'm very aware. I think my thoughts go sort of am i going to die that's like first and then when i realize i'm not going to die it's it's how big is this bill going to be like that's yeah, that's yeah. basically the thought process in point 1 of a second and then it's waiting for the impact which may never come because you might just somehow miss the solid object but it's just like oh beep that's 100% what happens happened to brands for me oh like but without the, I didn't think about my injury at all. It was just like, oh man, this is going to cost me some money. Yeah. And I remember just um, going off backwards. Like, All right, I've got to just nail the brake pedal and hope we slow down. You know, cause yeah. I've no way I can I can bring this back. And then the relief of hitting the gravel and being like, Whew. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's not. I think for me, it's definitely depended on. I've, I haven't had many accidents over the years, but I've had a couple, and there've been some that've been more notable than others. One was like a video game crash. It was like absolutely ridiculous. It was another SR1. SR1, sketchy car. Um, <laughs> I've heard Driving that. at Cadwell Park uh, okay. in the wet on the normal <laughs> tyre. They've now changed it to a wet tyre. And Cadwell Park, and this is something that obviously would, it does appear in some sim games now, but in well, just pools of water in various right. parts of the track. And I'm driving behind someone. And it's essentially like getting a fire hydrant hose into my face. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going past you. This is, this is happening. And then I realized that I can't see anything because there's multiple fire hydrants spraying everywhere. I lift off a little bit and then I hit this patch of water. The car takes off, like just lifts up off the ground. He's glide, yeah. 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 Turns left and right near the start finish is a, an entrance for a marshal to come through the fence. 
So the fence has like a little gap in it. And next to that bit that sticks out was a tiny mound. And it must have been like three centimetres or something. Like, oh, like really small. But I go over it sideways and the car takes off and it goes up <laughs> over the barrier and lands on the barrier and then slides like Tony Hawk 50-50 style down the barrier <laughs> and then falls back onto the track, luckily the right way up. I don't know, five miles an hour faster or something different, I would have gone straight over the barrier into a bunch of trees and all sorts of stuff. There was, that was quite dramatic, that one. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty intense. But I also think, you know, you've got, you've got the best radical trick shot at Capwell. No one's going to ever top that. No, true. And <laughs> amazingly, that video was one of few times I'd recorded something in, three, in a 360 video, 360, with a 360 cam. So there's oh, so a 360 the cam on the car. And you can watch it, and it's, it's all a bit janky when you watch it, but you can see the bonnet come off and fly, like, 30 foot in the air. And you can, like, watch it go, like, like that. It's My word. Yeah, so that, uh, after that, I decided the SR1 wasn't for me, so I bought a faster, faster quicker car in the SR3. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it, man. But that 100% is a better, more stable car. And if you drove them back to back, ignoring the performance, and I think the Praga will feel similar. Like, it'll be fast, but it will feel really stable. And because it's made of carbon, it won't twit. You won't get, like... I was talking to someone about this recently, but, like, they're saying the Radical, it can twist a little bit under high speed, the downforce and stuff. So the downforce can be slightly variable at high speed when you're in a corner. Whereas when you move to, like, an LMP or... Something like the Praga, because I think that's carbon tub, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you won't get that twisting, and your air, your then your downforce remains consistent. But those are the okay. sort of things that you like. I'd never thought about that until someone who's an LMP1 driver was like, "Oh yeah, you'll find that if you drive something with a carbon tub, it's like slightly less iffy." Yeah, that's that's kind of mad because there are all these little things now that people are sort of telling me like that that you would never ever think of. You know, no. I, like we were talking about like adjusting downforce on this sim version of the car. And it was like, okay, well, we have two options, either the wing or the rake. I was like, what do you mean the rake? And it's like, well, the, the, the wing is physically further up in the air. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like, and <laughs> yeah. it, it sounds, it sounds silly when, when you say it out loud, but you never consider it when you're actually driving. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've learned more about how cars actually work in the last like month than I have for the last few years. Cause I'm actually sitting and listening. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be in that. I should probably know, yeah, <laughs> you know and then what, what's going on here. Do you then go back? Cause I go out and I, I do a bit of gaming and whatever. And then I do some real life stuff and I listen to real life coaches and then I watch some videos and whatever. And I, I sort of put, try and piece it all together. Do you come back and then adjust your cars in your sim games? Do you do much setup changes? And now, for example, Rake, will you look at Rake and be like, oh, I might have a play with Rake and see what happens? Well, it, it, it sort of started looking at it properly when we won Le Mans back in 2019 because we're trying to make our car as quick as we can down the straight. I know, yeah, there you go. Thank you, everyone. Let's drop that in there. You know. <laughs> it's still one of my sim racing highlights, definitely. But um, we were trying to make the car as quick as we can make it in a straight line. Mm obviously that matters there but also have it actually work so we're trying to make it sit down at high speed so like you know and again make sure that rake isn't there make sure it's just, yeah it's flat and we, we came out of all sorts of different solutions to that like sort of uh some dampers dampeners that's a little bit a little bit softer so it will come down a little bit but then of course we have to then make sure we aren't losing too much speed in the back end of the course and the yeah. curves where downforce is everything you know 
So um, we eventually came up with this weird mix of rake and wing angle, and it ended up with us, you know, being one of the quickest down the straights, and then sort of as fast through the the twisty stuff. So that was, I think, that was a big factor of because that helps more than just lap time. It helps lapping people because you can get by quicker. You yeah. know, it helps um, if you are fighting just to overtake someone because the straights use your space to do it, and if they can't keep yeah. up with you. That's easier, you know. So a lot of those things, I think, are very similar to real life racing. When you think about like how are we going to do this the most efficiently as possible, you know, and, and I think that's what sim racing teaches really well. Yeah, and it's a really good way of being able to practice these things that in real life to practice would be very expensive and take a lot of time and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And you can just play. You might have an idea. You're like, okay, actually, I want to soften up the front. Like, want a bit more grip in the front or whatever that sort of thing. Or at least an idea of what's going on when your engineer suggests maybe we do this. You're like, but, oh yeah, okay. Well, the, the problem is it's usually just like just go and drive better, Jimmy. <laughs> 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 you know, go, go and drive better. So um, something that really cool that we've been doing recently, and this is like super nerdy, and I love every moment of it, is that we have a um, a driver trainer um, who's come on board. He's a um, he's a sim racer too. I I don't, I don't want to name him just yet because he's not sort of like an official yeah. thing but he's, he's coming on board to help us out and he's also done some driving with you know sort of f3 drivers f2 drivers and um we're starting to use motec in the in the training for the um, for the praga and that's just so we can see every input that i'm making and how it affects the car so initially i've always had this bad habit in sim racing it sort of came from the lmp1 of like not having a very sharp break yeah but having like quite a almost like a soft break to 70% and then trailing off very slowly so I can sort of regen mm. on the brake pedal. That was, like, that's part of going fast in that car to have the hybrid. But when you're in a car without hybrid, and downforce car, you have to initially hit that brake really hard yeah. and then come off it quickly. And what I was doing was hitting it not very hard and coming off really slowly. And you could see, like, in the curves compared to like, the quick guy, like, here's, here's what you should be doing, here's where you are. And just seeing that physically, you go, okay, and you go to the next corner... And you go, oh, I'm going to hit it really hard then. And you lock up all four wheels and go off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you've got to really like, you've got, you've got to sort of taper it a little bit. But it's, it's, a good, it's good to sort of have someone show you that this is where, you're, where you can be faster. Because I feel like um, in racing, um, in sim racing anyway, I'm sure it's the same in real life racing, a lot of people don't like being told they can be quicker if they yeah. do something different. A lot of people like to think they already have it down. Yeah, separate the ego and you've got something to learn. You can go out there and go a lot quicker. You know? Yeah, and, if, and you can try it and you, you might not be faster or whatever. But like when you look at the data and you've got someone else doing it better, you can just see the time. I was talking to someone. Now, I, wonder, I wouldn't be surprised if this is all connected. A guy called Scott Mansell. Um, I don't know whether you have anything to do at, at the back end of, of this. Um, but he is talking to someone at the moment about developing some software for pulling more data out of all of these things. Um, he does a ton of driver coaching and stuff like that. And I, I thought that, that was super interesting because I want to be able to compare the data and then also um, one of the things they're doing a lot of is, is teaching people how to read data as well. Yeah. And then getting your reference laps because that's if you, if you actually if you don't have a reference lap from someone, what are you comparing your data against? Because they might go, it's all in in real life, which is actually probably one of the things that's so amazing about the sim is 
in a sim, everything is identical each time round. Yeah. Whereas definitely. in real life, the conditions are slightly different. Like you, your tires might be slightly more worn, the t- air temperature, wind, all blah 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 blah. All all of the driver excuses that you can get out there mean that the lap it's only comparable when it's on the same day, the same time, same car, same everything. You can get a vague thing. Yeah. But to get it a hundred percent, something that I've wondered when you look at let's say let's say I'm on Gran Turismo Sport for example and I look at the fastest time someone has done on a certain track in a certain car it is always like some obscene amount faster than me okay this yeah. probably is I'm awful at it but like it's it always seems to be like eight seconds or ten seconds or something like that faster <laughs> when you're like I don't understand like I'm not that bad have you ever watched one of the laps back uh occasionally because like, you, you can do that you can do that in gt sport you can go and look at the ghost and um so i, I know quite a few of these guys because of course doing the commentary yeah. and whatever and it's basically a matter of every corner being as perfect as it can be and that might sound like a stupid thing to say but let's say i go out there and i do a lap and it's two seconds slow and i go i don't understand i was on the limit everywhere and then you see every corner he inches away by a little bit because he's just using that a little bit more speed for the corner that little bit more exit and that's basically what that is it's just you're going out there and you're maximizing every time and that doesn't really that version of driving doesn't really exist in real life because you don't have that many retries yeah you you can't just know take the car back to the pit start again you know and you don't have that much time to do that um you know, you'll, you'll find that your best your best time comes at a time of day that suits it as opposed to you know when you finally get it right so but the precision it takes to do that because it's not just you have to imagine like the brake pedal although it isn't you know a hundred inputs imagine it on a percentage just to dampen it down yeah. and every time you go into the first corner you've got to hit 82 percent on the brake pedal to get the maximum braking and you've got to trail off in this specific pattern to get maximum rotation that's what they're doing every time and they hit the brake every time 82 percent 82 percent 82 percent and that's what separates like the, the esports guys from us mere mortals because i can't do that i haven't got i haven't got enough feel in my leg to do that i i've i sort of admit to driving a lot by feel rather than markers a lot of the time like I won't say a break at the two hundred, I'll just go right. That feels right. Bam, mm. bam, 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 and it, you know, usually it's okay. But then these these are the guys sort of like right. There's a marker, but I'm not breaking at the marker. I'm breaking the third link in the chain fence after the marker. You know, it's, that's how it is. It's these, and they'll put in hours a day. And there's um, a driver. Um, I think it was. I think it was, was it Josh, a driver called Josh Rogers, and I think it was him. Um, but they're they're putting in like eight hours a day of practice. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> so when you're like when you're slower than them. Don't worry about it. You are going to beat him. Like, you know, just, I think that's why I'm just, I'm just a piece of it now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think that was it. It's, it's accepting. And then also I'm sure, and this is a, a classic driver excuse, that the, but there'll be things that are quicker in that game or there's a certain yeah. car and a certain setup on a certain car. Can you, can you download people's setups? A lot of the time. Yeah. I, I know on F1, 2020 they sort of made it so you had to share your setup and in time trial which is sort of nice because it means it's just down to the skill of the driver then not the skill of the engineer which is not really what f1's about but hey yeah every game has its intricacies you know we used to call iRacing trail braking simulator because any car any track trail braking is the way to go doesn't matter what you're doing you know um rf2 r factor 2 turned into this thing where they sort of went oh slip angle's a thing but they don't know how much slip angle so they just went 
And so you're going through the corner in the Porsche, like sideways, and this is the fastest way of doing it. It's like, no, stop it. Like, you know, they all have their little bits and bobs to them. So it's kind of, you'll, only, you'll find that esports drivers will only ever have one sim that they are, the, they are best at. You know, if, if, if there's someone who's doing two or more, they are, you know, don't go anywhere near them. <laughs> they, are, they are above you. Don't even talk to them. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> How do the, um, how do the different games compare? Not not necessarily from a how you drive them, but because I've not played, I think I've played R Factor maybe like once or twice. Versus, you know, how do, how would you say what's the differences between them all? Some some must be significantly old, like iRacing. I feel like that's like vintage now. It is vintage, and that's sort of one of the running jokes is it runs on an engine from like twenty years ago. The thing is, the amount of updates they've done and sort of workarounds to keep that engine alive and working is pretty incredible when you think about it. Um, but I say a lot of the sims handle quite quite similarly, yeah. and then there's iRacing. That, that, that's that's how it's always been. iRacing is now starting to come a bit closer to the rest of them, but it seems they went in a different direction very early on and sort of stayed in that direction. Whereas the rest of the sims sort of went with a more natural tire, I'd say. Um, whereas iRacing, I, uh, only in the last year or so, um, has finally got got to a tire that can actually take slip okay. without spinning or or heating up and blowing up. You know. Um, so the way you drive an iRacing is super precise. There's no sliding at all, you know. And I remember I used to do this championship in uh, GTP cars, like a Nissan Group C GTP in IMSA from the mm. 80s, you know, those things of like 700 horsepower. And those things move a bit, you know. And if you did that in that car, dead straight away. <laughs> so, like, it, it, was, it does change the experience somewhat. Yeah, what do you think is the most realistic Oh man! Is See, this is—I get asked this at any time I do any of this, and I feel like whatever I say, there will be a group of people at my door with pitchforks yeah. saying you're wrong. Get out! I'd say in terms of you know what it's like to actually go racing and be in a race series and have it taken seriously, I'd say i racing is that. Like it's very organised. You know, you have to have a certain license to drive a certain car. You know, you can't go around taking the mick or you get DQ'd, sort of thing. Um, it used to be the RF2, I think. RF2 had the best tyre model. It seems they've dumbed it down in recent years to make it easier because it was at the point where the tyre model was so advanced that no one could run it. The PCs, okay. like, they couldn't run run the, the physics required to make it work. So um, outside of that, I think your, your best all-round simulator for, like, most things is probably Automobilista, the one we're using to develop okay. in Praga because I think we can get so close in that so easily compared to in iRacing or RF2 that, you know, there's not really much reason to develop it elsewhere. Yeah, because that's uh, and that part of it, I think it's quite interesting because I, I look at various people offering sim setups, and I'm sort of deciding. I think ultimately, I will buy R Factor, i Racing, and 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 try them all. Um, but you talk to different people, and it sounds like the setup, like you can pick various starting points, but the setup is where people seem to go mad into it and charge loads of money. Um, to get it to feel like a and it's always like it's it's just set up to one car <laughs> yeah that, that that's the thing like this is the odd the, where sim racing falls down a little bit is you're setting up one rig to drive a formula one car a rally car uh you know a nascar you know these things can't yeah. be any more different and yet you have to drive it all in the same way in the same rig on the same tire you know and it, it gets tricky and also you know that we, we we suffer a lot from the old cognitive dissonance in sim racing. You know, you, my one's better than yours because I put money into it and I spent money on that. So 
um as as someone who's played everything forever you know every sim has something unique and good to offer over something else you know um apart from project cars free i'll admit i installed that game and played it once and i haven't played it again and i, I don't know why i think well no i do know why but it, it was not what i was looking for in that game so i wish i'd known that before i bought it it was just a bit lazy really but um you know that, what are you that's, that's how it is what are you looking forward to uh sim and game wise in in the upcoming future i don't really know we don't get many releases in sim racing you know we just yeah. get dlc every now and then um so I, I don't really know what's coming for iRacing. I don't know what's coming for RF2. I actually try and keep a little bit out of the loop because I, I found that I was having sort of developers say, hey, we're doing this thing. Do you want, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to do something? I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not a news outlet, you know. Like I'm, yeah. I'm just uh, someone who enjoys racing. So I try and actually take a bit of a step back from that. But I don't know, really. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more advances in VR. VR is one of my favorite things to use on Sim. I don't use it much because I record a lot and it's really hard to record with. Okay, but yeah. For for like actual seat of the pants, you're in a car sort of thing. VR is the closest you can get to being in a real car. That is, um, I tried the PlayStation, whatever that one's called, PlayStation 4 VR. It's called called PlayStation VR. Well, there we go. Yeah, PlayStation (laughs) VR. And for about, and I played it with GT Sport, and for about 20 minutes, it was like the sickest thing. And that's a good word. Um, That I tried, just as an involvement, I suddenly, there was... There was it was just another level, like massively stepped up yeah, the level yeah, yeah. of involvement and everything. You could look into the turn as you're sliding and what all that sort of stuff. Mm. And then I realised I was about to throw up. And that is a thing. Has that changed over time with the tech? What sort? Of, um, what, have you, what are you? I say and with? it's more. It's more in a personal thing. I have. Um, let's see if I can grab it. I have a McLaren edition. Oh, nice um vive pro which i've sort of it's been through the ringer a bit it's been used a lot um they they sent me that to do a review on it and i said i liked it but it cost too much they never liked me (laughs) so um but the i'd say the thing is with the um with this headset here is like resolution is quite important and how smoothing the head track how smooth the head tracking is if you have like a jerky head tracking so yeah imagine i guess if you're listening to this right now that you look and it's delayed by uh, like a quarter of a second each time you move your head that's 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 gonna make you sick very quickly um so this uh is, is really good for that um i'd say like you also it depends on the person you, you get your sea legs after a while mm. it's that's basically okay. the same feeling so because i was very clever and i have a massive galaxy brain the first thing i ever did um was try dirt rally with vr <laughs> and um i yeah i got huffed through a stage i, I went and threw up i like i i got i got sick and then after that i just sort of took it easy like you should there's a big warning saying like don't do this if it's your first time in vr you will be ill i'm like no nah, i'll be fine mate sim rate and then like obviously just ill straight away but then you take on circuit racing and stuff like that my first proper experience is driving um like an f4 car at spa in ac a set of course mm. and you come round the source and you, I mean, you know it's downhill. You know it's downhill in 2D, but you don't know how much it is downhill. And then you see the road drop away from you. And in front of you, you know, Arouge and Radion just snaking up the hill. And you're like, oh, my God, this is... And you approach it, and your your stomach does the thing where you're like, I'm going downhill. And you go over the crest, and you it, it turns as you go over the top of it. And then you realize just how realistic this is because it, it's, it's fooling your body. Your body thinks it's going through this right now. And that's why, but that's why you get sick. Yeah. So you have to sort of 
do it a bit longer and um and, and then teach your body that sorry mate fooled you <laughs> and it's okay <laughs> no it's definitely definitely a step up so winding back really quite a bit at what point in time did you start getting involved with gran turismo oh that was that was really kind of a surreal moment for me that was back in 2018 and i got a um like i got a dm through twitter okay like, and it was like you know, it, it, it was someone without like a profile picture saying like do you want to do some gran turismo commentary that was based like what they said there was no like official thing and i was like i thought this, this is a scam right because you i I don't know about you, Sam, but like every day I get people offering me scam deals every every day. Like, can't be part of our network. It's got to the point now where even my clips channel was getting the scam emails, which is hilarious nice. to me. I sort of, well, you know, I'll respond. So, yeah, yeah, sure. What's the deal? And they go, okay, well, we'll send over a contract. So, send over this contract. And I read it through. Like, oh, this is real. Like, this is actually like a real thing, you know? Bloody hell. And it was to go and do commentary at their first world tour event, which was at the Nurburgring. And the thing is, this, this was back when I. I'm still sort of making my way, I guess, at the start of my career. And I remember I was shaking reading this. I was like, oh, my, this, is, this is real. This is, this is mad, right? Because they looked at my channel and thought, he'd be a good commentator. And I thought, well, why? Because I, I, I used to do some commentary back in the day, like 2015, 2014, but I stopped because I was doing other stuff instead. What, what, what I think actually happened is they, they ran out of people and they needed people to come and, <laughs> and they needed people to like, I was down the list somewhere and they grabbed me in there. It might be good. And I went, to, and I went over and I did the job and I remember again just just being absolutely like just terrified because they're like, right, you're, you know, you're live now. Yeah. You're in live commentary and you have, to, you have to talk over something and I was thinking, oh, I've got a plan what I've got to say. So I was writing down these notes what I'm going to say and I didn't look at them once. I just, you just, do it ad lib and and that worked a lot better as it does the commentary and then after that i thought well that was really nice really cool experience i got to commentate for grand Turismo, i got a gt shirt nice went home and i got an email about a week later saying okay we want you full time we want you to do this and i was like oh, really, really? <laughs> Me? no 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 falling you know like, uh, and ever since then i've been you know the the british commentator and then in 2019 they didn't tell me about this of course they went oh you're going to be on the desk now in front of the camera like so you're going to be like presenting the show and again it's like, yeah, all right <laughs> yeah, okay <laughs> like, and that was terrifying that one that was really sketchy and i remember like i remember stumbling a few times on the camera they, they've been really patient with me and they've sort of allowed me to grow into the role as a presenter as well and now it feels like now i now i miss doing it i miss being out on the stage there was a time at the start of last year just before everything sort of hit we went to sydney australia there was a live crowd of like 300 400 people there and they go oh jimmy garp on stage and talks to them will you <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm up there with a stick mic talking to this crowd and like the weird thing is to me is a lot of them know who i am yeah they all know who they all know me and i'm like sort of talking to them and turning out making jokes and like in the back of my head i'm like oh god this is horrible i hate remember this and, but where, where where the business is happening you know you're, you're doing it and um yeah it's it was very surreal to be doing those things so i used to suffer a lot from anxiety a lot in the day so it was um yeah, it was nice to get out there and do it. And then, of course, it all stopped. Yeah. Is, uh, you must have got so much out of that. Like, that whole, like, talking to tons of people live. Because I know it's, there's one thing, which is making videos to the, a screen. Like, like we are right now. We're making a video to a camera or whatever. <laughs> and there will be people listening, but no one's live sort of thing. That's very different from standing up in front of a bunch of people. I did, I've done a little a really small amount of, of live stuff with an audience mm. and you're like Ugh! but 
afterwards. Yeah, you feel like a bit of a boss afterwards, don't you? But um, the it's the first time I did that, I could like I was aware, like, am I sweating? Am I shaking? You know, those those sort of things. But you've sort of got used to it after a little while. You get used to sort of what the the pressure is, and you sort of the the whole idea, I think, is to try and make your body not go into like an alert state which is sort of what it, what you're in when you're up yeah. there because it's quite a high pressure it's high high anxiety time so the whole thing is sort of making it so normal that it's it's fine you know and then you start realizing well, at the start you always think what am i doing on my hands what am i, what, what am I doing on my, where, where yeah. am i gonna put them and then you sort of just you find somewhere that's comfy and then you just sort of go with it and then it's easy but it does take time to get there, definitely. But the, I, this is a, the worst advice. If you have like some sort of crippling anxiety like I used to, if you go out there and just do that stuff, and even if you do it badly, then you've done it. And it makes you feel very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a much more sort of confident person out and about because of doing these things? I'd say so. I'd say like I'm a lot more... Um, yeah, I'm not afraid to talk to things or like, and I used to be one of those people at restaurants where I used to hate talking to the yeah, waiter yeah. sort of thing, you know, but now that's all like in the past, distant past now, because you sort of have this sort of this confidence is the wrong word, but it's just like, you're, you know, you're, you're assured in yourself that you're not doing anything silly. You're just react. You're just being a human being, you know? And like, uh, and as soon as you sort of get into that, it, it works a lot better. Like, especially when at events and stuff like that, it was at the point a lot of people would come up and talk to me, mm. you know, and say, Oh, Jimmy, great to meet you. Stuff like that, which is, Again, still something that's very surreal to me. You have to be recognised in public yeah. and have someone want to talk to you. You sort of realise, well, you know, they're they're happy to see you. You know, so be happy to see them too. And like, and then as soon as you sort of get over that that hurdle of thinking, oh God, leave me alone, let me go back to my little cave. You know, it's <laughs> it, it's 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 quite enjoyable. I definitely used to be a little bit like if someone was annoying me or something, my friends will say this is an absolute lie, but. You know, I, I won't necessarily the most vocal people if someone's messed up my coffee in a shop or I've ordered food and it's wrong yeah, yeah. and you're like, oh, I don't really want to say anything. Um, and then, yeah, just nipping away at those over time, you, mm. you realize that like, well, one, no one really cares that much like about yeah all of these issues that you are you have. And if you can just crack on. No, that's, that's 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 really cool. So and then so you did these commentating stuff, and then you've been involved in game as well. I remember doing a what's like a one of those. Do you get medals or something in Gran Turismo Sport at some point for different? Oh uh, yeah, so um, it was the tracks. Yeah, so the, the 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 majority of that is um, is, is Tom, my my co commentator. He does all the voice for that. He's got they call him the voice of Gran Turismo. They have, they have him speak in a this really quite business-like way i was give give him give him tease him for it but i, I was in I'm, I'm in like the start of the game like the trailer so when you have the trailer yeah. like you can hear the commentary that we have over the world tour events that that was pretty cool like being like oh my god i'm in a grand trismo game <laughs> this is someone who's obviously like loved every of the games yeah. that's come out pretty much so that, that that was pretty nice but um outside of that i've not not really been in any of, the, of, of those things it doesn't really interest me to, to be in a game yeah really, yeah because i feel like that's one of those things where it's like oh i'm in a video game it's like, why because you have a youtube channel yeah that's exactly why like there's no <laughs> other reason you know so if, if if i was in a game for like a productive sense i, I would like to do it but i don't like being in the, it just for the sake yeah, of yeah, being, just being a character you know. in it sort of thing yeah because it's one of those things where it just doesn't age well and in 10 years time you go who's this guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like <laughs> he was famous back then like oh Okay. <laughs> they, he wasn't famous then, <laughs> <laughs> they thought he was famous back then um, <laughs> so when do you think we're going to see I guess you probably don't have any more information than I have on this I don't know Gran Turismo 7 I thought we were going to have it 
pretty damn soon and it seems to have um, disappeared. Honestly, and I get asked this a lot, is they don't tell me anything. Okay. I could ask everything for them and they were just... I remember I asked what the possibility was of getting a PS5 because of you know, Sony and stuff yeah. like that. And they may, maybe have like, they're like, go buy it. What is it to me? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I like it. I do. I, I actually, I actually have two. Um, I, I bought one. I, I had the opportunity to buy. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I know. I had the opportunity to buy two, so I did, and I bought one for my girlfriend. Okay. I was going to go and give it because she lives in Spain. We don't get to see each other very often right now. So I thought, oh, I'll get her a PS5 and we can do things together because she's, she's never had a new console before. Yeah. So, cause, um, so I thought, oh, it'd be a really nice surprise. And now I just have them both here because I can't go and give it give, yeah. give it to her or the, or the PS5. So that's, that's sitting in there at the moment. But yeah, so that's that's going on. But I don't even play it. There's nothing, there's nothing, nothing to, to play. play on it. No, so it's just there looking like a very big Wi-Fi router, you know. So like, oh, nice, cool. Yeah, I think that's, um, that's how I've sort of felt about when it got released. And originally I was like, well, the only thing I really want to play is some racing games. Maybe the odd something else but all the games that are out at the moment a lot of them are on ps4 and then you're like okay well gran turismo is not going to come out for another year it's like okay well i'll just i'll wait <laughs> well you, you can play gt sport on the ps5 but it's not much different playing it on the ps4 pro yeah so same same why it's like pay loads of money to have nothing come out so but i guess that's just that's what hype is isn't it <laughs> yeah it'll it'll get there. get there um at some point in time during all this you bought um, you bought a GTR. Wait, do you have two GTRs? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, pretty ludicrous actually. Now that I think about it, but um, yeah. So I'm um, back in 2019. I bought my um, I bought my Skyline Star 32. I bought that off Jan Marvinbrough. Um, he used to belong. To, he also That's does Grand Turismo stuff. And person to have got it from. Yeah, yeah, he took me out in it and showed me what it could do, which is pretty fun. So I bought it off him, and I've had that ever since. It's just I've just now got it back from having a a, um, a completely new engine okay. put into it. It's a HKS two point eight Stroker now, um, and that would we're still running it in at the moment, so no no crazy booster or anything. But we're hoping for about six hundred horsepower or so from that. Okay, and what um, was it before? Three four hundred or something. When I first got it from Jan, probably. A, maybe 300 mm. um then i put new turbos and a new ecu and it was 380 the thing is 380 is plenty i'm like and this is the thing you get you get you you chase a number and i don't i know i already committed to like the plans of going further at yeah. this stage and I, I was driving around 380 i'm like this is really fast <laughs> like for, for a road car you know and they're like oh let's put more than that's like another 200 horsepower in it why not you know and then that was then backed up when i, I bought the gtr last year it was sort of like you know, you, you have the lockdown purchase. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I'll treat myself. And I was like, I'll, I'll buy a GTR. This, this is stupid. So I bought a GTR, which is, again, I don't know why I do these things to myself, but I I, I, know, I know I'm sitting there, you're probably thinking, what what, what, a, what a spoiled git saying all these things about, why do you do these things to himself? But for me, like, <laughs> but I, I, I've always loved cars and I've always loved Japanese cars and I've always loved GTRs. And Gran Turismo. So I thought, and Gran Turismo. <laughs> so I had this opportunity to go and, like, actually go and, own these cars like, oh yeah it's great and it's amazing for the first month and then you're like wait how much does this cost to maintain yeah. and you're like oh gee what have i done you know <laughs> like for example it went it went to the garage recently because one of the bearings um in the i think near the bell housing uh, for the gearbox failed recently mm. so it still it still works okay it just vibrates like nothing else I was like, I'll send you a bearing. It won't cost too much. Got in this sand. Oh, yeah, it's £800, Ooh. please, including that. I'm like, what? I can't, come on. But, um, 
but yeah, so I have those two. I have a 350Z. That was the car I had before oh, any of those. Nice, yeah. um, big old trumpet car. I love that noise. Like, um, I have my original Mazda MX-5 that I bought in 2014, which is now a time attack car. I saw a picture of this. I was just looking through it. And I was like, wait, hang on a minute. Is this a road car? What is this? What is going on? No, it's not a road car anymore. It's uh, if it were a road car, it'd be um, you know the ankle splitter three thousand. It's <laughs> got a massive split, splitter on it now. So um, that is so that's running a one point eight liter. It's a Frankenstein engine, really. I think it's like a head from um, like a BP four head, I think, and then like a one point eight block from like a modern, or I say a more modern MX five. Yeah. It's still like two thousands, and that makes three hundred and fifty horsepower. And that's going to have a sequential gearbox mated to it as well. And we're going to we're going to have a bit of fun with that one. It's going to be, that, that, that's our other racing series we're doing this year. So we've got Praga yeah. and then Rusty Box <laughs> with Spitter. Um, similar. You know. What is the the Time Attack scene? Because I've only seen Time Attack videos from America. Now, obviously, yeah. it exists here as well. But um, what does that look like? What does a Time Attack event look like? This is the thing is from Time Attack, and I, I, I wouldn't want to say anything bad about anyone, but I think they think that their brand is better or bigger than it is in the UK because if you go to Time Attack, you go to, go to, go to YouTube, type in Time Attack UK, mm. you'll just find people's onboards with, like, 300 views, yeah. you know, um, and the occasional, like, put-together video where it's taken off, like, stream footage, yeah. and it looks bad, you know. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I saw my, my idea is that, one, I love the idea of Time Attack because... I want to go out there and not race anyone in my in, in this car. I don't want it to be hit. Yeah. You know, I want to go and just go go quick and enjoy it and have the the fun of building a car and making it quicker. So that's what appeals yeah. to me for for Time Attack. I think that like I'm hoping that maybe bringing a bit of a spotlight on it, you know, with with, with the the content that we'll make around it, will maybe bring some more people in mm. um, because it seems that like I mean the the class I'm running from what I can tell last year had four people in it and that that's Club Pro where it's like we're a step below the the thousand horsepower and pretzels okay. with big wings. Yeah. Uh, we're sort of like, and I think we're, is it maybe a step or two below that, but so we can't run slick tires. You've got to run like a track tire okay. and stuff like that. But it's been really fun just sort of like seeing how much we can bastardize this poor little Mazda into something that it was never meant to be. <laughs> you know? That's it. I look at some of these cars um, and, and I've seen it. I've only seen some events from America. So apologies to UK time attack guys. Um, and they will take something that possibly was slightly quick at the time it came out and then put on yeah. all the power and all the wings. And I look at some of them and go, they must have spent a, like a, like a lot of money on this. But I mean, is expensive, man. <laughs> and then you go, but you could, surely you could just buy a, a, more, a slightly more expensive car. Like your, let's, or let's say you could buy a GTR. And you could go as fast, or are you going nowhere near as fast? Yeah. I, I think that, like, if I took my MX-5 to a track and put it up against the GTR, it would be similar. Okay. I think, around a lap, you know. Um, I think we'd be quicker in the corners by quite some way. But then again, the GTR would have better brakes and probably accelerate quicker as well. And it's four-wheel drive, you know. That's kind of not what it's about. I mean, if... In terms of efficiency, like racing's never efficient when it comes to money. Yeah. You're basically putting money into a big furnace and going goodbye. You know, well, what, what, what's the old saying? Easiest way to become a millionaire is to go racing as a billionaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those sorts of any of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, it's like it's building this car up okay. and seeing it develop, and then like my personal goal is to have the fastest MX-5 in the UK. Right. You know, and I think that we have a good chance of doing that. You know, I think we can probably do that this year. 
uh, with what we've got because there aren't many people out there doing it right now. But the whole idea is to entice people into it. Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, c- c- come and have a go if you think you're hard enough sort of thing, you know. Um, and then have a really cool competition. But then we have an argument as to what makes an MX-5. When does it stop becoming an MX-5? Oh, okay. And in my mind, it's when the engine changes to something that isn't a Mazda engine. So any Mazda engine, is that allowed? Any Mazda engine? I was thinking that because then it says a Mazda but not an MX-5 because everyone's everyone's like, oh, Jimmy, you should do the rotary swap. And I'm like, oh, God, no. Like, if I'm already throwing money into a furnace, this will be just jumping in myself afterwards, you know. like um, 787B in there. <laughs> that, 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 you know, of course, there's uh, was it Mad Mike, I think, has got a free rotor MX-5 or something like that. And, yeah. Um, Sounds awesome, great. But for me, like the whole idea of Time Attack is to make something that is spectacular in the true sense of the word. You know, you see it and go, What the f is yeah. that? Like what what the hell? I mean our our livery is minty fresh and um you know we've got some really cool sponsors on board as well. You know, we've got uh main sponsors of course kind of sponsors are giving mm. us some support towards the car. We've got KW on board oh, cool. helping us with some with suspension and getting it set up and um the idea is to have this thing be a complete weapon in the corners because we are we are gonna, we're gonna lose out on the straight because you say 350 horsepower in a mazda mx5 is a lot it's very much it will scare you but it isn't 600 horsepower yes yes it's a lot so, less than 600 even no matter <laughs> yeah. how fast it is it's a lot less than 600 no ma- i mean we've, we've got weight on our side i think we weigh without me in it about 950 oh, that's pretty good like that. that sounds so, pretty light um and you're gonna have yeah, some absolutely wit- rude boy wing on it Yes, I mean we we um, the wing I think is actually due to be delivered very soon down to there. I mean it's a we've got a dual element rear wing and basically it's built to be as big as is allowed under the Rex. Mm. So it's um, it's going to be proper like. You know, Will you have to take it off the car up after it's done? Put it in a in a transport <laughs> to vehicle. Um, I I, uh, I imagine we probably would have to. We have to take the splitter off, okay? Because obviously it just scrapes whatever. <laughs> Can't it get up a ramp, yeah. Uh, we'll have to see because our idea is to mount it to the chassis so we'll have to see just how like how tight we can get it on the chassis before we make it removable or not because that's one of the things if we start having a thing which is removable all the time then when we put it back on again it's not going to be in the same place so presumably um, people have thought about this somehow at some point in time. Oh, we, 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 yeah, we've, 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 uh, well, the people doing it have, I haven't because I'm stupid. <laughs> I, I'm just like, please make it so we can do that. You're like, the yeah, face. Yeah, so, and the ideas, yeah, man. I, I'm the idiot. <laughs> no idea is it <laughs> well that, that that honestly sounds like a lot of fun and i i can totally get behind the idea of going you know what i want to create the fastest master mx5 in the uk that's a great in itself that is a great title and well you're, you're free to come for a ride because time attack says we have to have two seats um <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll ponder that one that's a yes you say he's saying yes <laughs> I might see how some of your laps go before I agree to get in the passenger seat of this box. <laughs> it's, it's it's a well secured box. Very, it's got a big old FIA uh, roll cage in it. So you know, if we do roll, then you only be injured a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it sounds wicked. Sounds wicked. Right. Well, I normally wrap these up with five questions. Are you ready? Oh, hit do you have me. a most memorable driving trip or journey? Um, probably down to Le Mans in 2015. Um, went down in a uh, very broken diesel ST mm. on Deo, and it had less power as the trip went on. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. That's I, that is yeah, absolutely. I miss going to events like that. Mm. Uh, at the moment, next question: five car garage, unlimited value. Uh, GT40 
uh, Mark One, mm-hmm. uh, my R32 Skyline, because it's fantastic and I love it. Um, I would also have, oh my God, an old F1 car of some sort, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe an old V10, just so I can go and really uh, ruin people. Yeah. I'd have an, M- I'd have an MX-5 um, built with uh, ITBs, so stock power build, pretty much. Just a bit nicer suspension. And last car, I'm pulling out my hack, but I can't think of one. Probably a K car of some sort. A little mini K car to drive around. Because they're cute and make little turbo noises. And an F40. <laughs> Everyone seems to say F40. It comes on my, uh, yeah. on my podcast. Right, if you can only drive one car for the rest of your life, and you're allowed a £500 car on the side. Uh, Skyline. Mm. I love that thing to death. It's very cool. Um, Driving it is the best experience ever. Is that rear-wheel drive? <laughs> My knowledge is lacking, or four-wheel drive? Uh, it's, 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 it's kind of four-wheel drive. It's rear-wheel drive normally, but it has, like, when it senses you're losing torque, it goes, all right, it tends to the front okay. as well. So if you do, like, a launch, it's four-wheel drive. Yeah. Most undervalued car at the moment? Most undervalued car? Oh, man. Um, do you mean, like, me personally or as in general? Uh, sort of, like, what do you think in terms of price? Like, what's cheaper than it should be or, yeah. I think I think the ST220 Mondeo. Um, I used to I bought one for two grand, mm. and although it was a bit beat up at the time, V6, enough power to have a bit of fun with. Get your kids in the back as well. Quite a nice place to be. I think it's one of those cars that will probably appreciate if it doesn't rust. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice. And final question: most interesting car to you at the moment? What are you googling? What are you looking up? Oh God, What's what have I looked up recently? Um, I don't like new cars that much, really. Um, there was one guy who actually... It doesn't have to be a new car. Um, you, you know the Connors Egg free valve yes. thing they got going on? He um, basically built an MX-5 with free valve. And I saw something about this. Yeah, that was that was mad. So like, if you look if you look at the engine bay, like, what what is this? What have you done? But um, it looks brilliant and it runs. And he, and he basically just went, you know what? I don't want to limit this here. So all the details for the design, I just you can go get them. And how did he come up with it? I think he sort of took the concept and went, "How can I apply this to a little 1.6?" <laughs> and he made it work. That's and amazing. It's amazing because I, I imagine I that that's is really something cool. that they've been trying to sell to other manufacturers for a, a long time. Because it sounds, I mean, it sounds like genius <laughs> tech. Like just... This guy comes up with this ratty old MX-5. You free valve, he done it. Yeah, Toyota, that's do you it. want this? Fifty quid. <laughs> <laughs> No, that was, that was cool. And that car that that came out in, it was the first car they did the, no idea how to pronounce it, Jamera, Jamera. Jamera Kwai. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, they're, they're, they're what names I can't say. But yeah, the J1, I think it was. No, it's the G1. <laughs> J1, G, G, see that? That's how much I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. Cheers for having it's me on. Great. Sorry, I hope I didn't bore you too much with uh, too, much, too much sim racing. The no, it's good. I'm I'm very interested at the moment because I've got a, literally a pile of bits waiting to be assembled. I'm just missing the key component, which is a computer. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> that minor detail, minor detail. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thanks very much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.